Part one, in which we learn various theories about how to be good people from the three main schools of Western moral philosophy that have emerged over the last 2,400 years, plus a bunch of other cool stuff, all in three hours or so. Chapter one, should I punch my friend in the face for no reason? No, you shouldn't. Was that your answer? Sweet, you're doing great so far. If I surveyed a thousand people and asked them if they think it's okay to punch their friends in the face for no reason, I would bet all 1,000 would say no. Although, if I put it up as an online poll, it would probably be like 70-30 in favor of punching our friend in the face for no reason, because the internet is terrible. This person is our friend. This person did nothing wrong. We should not, therefore, punch our friend in the face. But the weird thing about asking why we shouldn't do this, despite how obvious it seems, is that we may stumble trying to formulate an answer. Because, you know, it's bad. Now, even sputtering out that simplistic explanation is weirdly encouraging. It means we're aware that there's an ethical component to this action, and we've determined that it's, you know, bad. But to become better people, we need a sturdier answer for why we shouldn't do it than because it's bad. Understanding an actual ethical theory that explains why it's bad can then help us make decisions about what to do in a situation that's less morally obvious than should I punch my friend in the face for no reason, which is just about every other situation. An obvious place to start might be to say, well, a good person doesn't generally do things like that, and a bad person does, and we want to be good people. Then the next step would be to better define what a good person really is, and that is trickier than it might seem. The initial idea behind the good place was that a bad woman who had lived a selfish and somewhat callous life is admitted to an afterlife paradise due to a clerical error and finds herself ticketed for an idyllic eternity alongside the very best people who ever lived. People who had spent their time removing landmines and eradicating poverty, whereas she had spent her life littering, lying to everyone, and remorselessly selling fake medicine to frighten seniors. Scared that she's going to be discovered, she decides to try to become a good person in order to earn her spot. Now, I thought that was a fun idea, but I also quickly realized I had no idea what it actually meant to be good or bad. I could describe actions as good or bad, sharing, good, murder, bad, helping friends, good, punching friends in the face for no reason, bad. But what was underlying those behaviors? What's an all-encompassing unifying theory that explains good or bad people? I got lost trying to find it, which is what led me to moral philosophy, which then led me to producing the show, which eventually led me to writing a book where I spend 22 pages trying to explain why it's not cool to randomly cold cock your buddy. Philosophers describe good and bad in a bunch of different ways, and we'll touch on many of them in this book. Some of them do, in fact, approach the concepts of good and bad through actions. They say that good actions obey certain principles that we can discover and then follow. Others say a good action is whatever creates the most pleasure and the least pain. One philosopher even suggests that goodness comes from being as selfish as we possibly can and caring only about ourselves. Really, she says that. 
But the first theory we're going to talk about, the oldest of the big three, called virtue ethics, tries to answer the question that initially stumped me. What makes a person good or bad? Virtue ethicists define good people as those who have certain qualities or virtues that they have cultivated and honed over time so that they not only have those qualities, but have them in the exact right amount. That seems gettable, right? Although, immediately, we're hit with a hundred other questions. Which qualities? How do we get them? How do we know when we've gotten them? This happens a lot in philosophy. The second you ask a question, you have to back up and ask 50 other questions just so you know that you're asking the right question and that you understand why you're even asking it. And then you have to ask questions within those questions and you keep backing up and widening out and getting more and more foundational in your investigation until finally a German fascist is trying to figure out why there are even things. We also might wonder if there's a single way to define a good person. After all, as the author Philip Pullman once wrote, people are too complicated to have simple labels. We are all highly individualized products of both nature and nurture, complex swirls of inherent personality traits, things learned from teachers and parents and friends, life lessons we picked up from Shakespeare. Love all, trust a few, do wrong to none. And or the Fast and Furious movies. It doesn't matter what's under the hood. The only thing that matters is who's behind the wheel. And also... I'm going to knock your teeth so far down your throat, you're going to stick a toothbrush right up your ass to brush them. That franchise contains multitudes. Is it possible to describe one set of qualities we all have to have in the exact right amount that will make every one of us good? To answer that, we need to unlearn all the stuff we've learned. We need to reset, take ourselves apart, and then build ourselves back up with a sturdier understanding of what the hell we're doing and why the hell we're doing it. And to help us do that, we turn to Aristotle. <laughs> 